Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Jay Cross, do you have a spare $5 a month? Often I do. Then give it to me over at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Why? What do I get? You'll get, not only will you get the regular Guitar Nerds podcast, early and ad-free. Okay, so the you, ads are annoying. The ads, you have to listen to me. The ads are very annoying. Um, but you'll also get an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds content every week. Pray tell. That means another half an hour of Joe Branton, another half an hour of Joey Branton, <laughs> and another half an hour... I messed that bit up. Another half an hour of Jay Cross, another half an hour of me, and another half an hour of Matt Knight. Is there no more Joe Branton? There is. If you haven't got your Joe Branton content, then you can also listen to the miniseries Branton's Ranton, where Joe Branton talks about things he hates. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Well, hello there. Jay Cross. Oh, hello there. And Joe Branton. Hi. Are you going to keel over at some point no, during this I'm podcast? No, I'm fine. What are you talking about? Um, keen listeners to the Guitar Nerds Podcast may, listen, may hear that my voice is starting to go through uh, illness. Joe Branton is about 100 times worse and he looks like he's about to keel over on that chair at any moment. So if you hear like a loud crash and then Joe doesn't talk for the rest of the podcast, he has died. So um, the, uh, the, the, that tea that we fed him has, is, is working. It's working. Great. The, apo- the apothecary that I had to visit if- in, uh, in Portslade. Everyone thinks that the poll that I put up uh, this morning was for the Patreon content when secretly there was another poll saying, should we off Joe Branton? And it was overwhelmingly yes. So, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, you're gone. Speaking of polls, I see that the one that I opted for won uh, again this week on the, for on, the, on Patreon. the Patreon group. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you say opted for, do you mean you did you suggest it or did you vote for it? I voted for it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> They're, all the suggestions come out of my brain. So. I don't really know that they you were can... bad choices no, again. No, no, this week two was weeks good. in a row of like, no. bad topics. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Anyway, how's everyone doing? Matt Knight, are you all good? I am, yes. I had a lovely weekend. I've done nothing but marathon training, so... When is this marathon the, that you're that's doing? I have to talk about. Uh, it is in three and a half weeks. I've Just... already done 80 miles this month, so... Just got another 50 to do this week. That, I mean, firstly, you're a madman. Secondly, um, if people want to sponsor you for doing marathon stuff, are you running for a charity or are you just running for... I am not. I'm, I'm running for my own... Unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, if you were thinking of donating fantasy. to a charity, patreon.com. <laughs> if no. you want to donate to a charity, donate to my favourite. I have run them for a few times. Bassy Dogs and Cats Home. Oh, there we go. You see, you think he's a cold-hearted pedal assassin, but actually he's got a, uh, he's got a warm heart made now of he's, fluffy now he's, kittens. Now he's got a cat. Yeah, He's yeah. like, oh, right, I don't have to... It's like when you like a meeting like uh, the in-laws for the first couple of times. You've got to be polite and then you find out that like you've got the same sort of interest. You can start swearing in front of them and stuff like that. Like Matt doesn't need to... He's got the cat now, so he doesn't need to like... Doesn't need to like, you know do something nice for the, the cats and dogs homes either that or Poirot Matt's cat is holding him to ransom and he's trying to send us signals through the Skype I think that's saying, what he is, yeah, yeah. Poirot's- he's He's sort of being annoying right now. Exactly, exactly. He's telling you that... Re, the pe- rehome Praro. The people have got to... Donate give- to Bassy Cats. And yeah, exactly. He's, still, he's looking for a way out and he wants his digs to be as cushy as possible when he gets there. So, anyway, Jay Cross, <laughs> how are you doing? 
I'm doing very good, thank you. Good. I, uh, I I feel absolutely fine. I mean, I did until Joe got here and started coughing all over, all over the shop. I just at some point. Again, apologies, listeners. Maybe you should have sat this one out, Joe. But at some no. point, I'm half expecting you to, you know, do that thing like in a movie where someone who's had a bit of a cough for a while just splutters a load of blood all over the computer oh, yeah. screen. That would be really bad. Alien. Please don't do that. Have you been infected by the alien? Uh, maybe. It's possible. I don't know. I've been like this for like... I haven't really recovered from when I was ill that other time. <laughs> You're always ill. Which yeah. time are we talking we about? Do, I'm never ill. You're, so what? What's your two over. weeks into not boozing? Yeah. That's what, That's it, what is, it is, isn't it? Your, yeah. your body is like... Is, is oh, it's horrible being sober. It's the first time I've, I've been sober in a while oh it's great awful I love it I love it Joe Branton apart from mm. nearly dying of the, the sickness uh, how are you oh I'm so good I'm so good because there are so many cool and awesome things happening in the guitar world at the moment I'm really excited about this week's podcast because there's so many cool things to talk about well, this is episode 101 isn't it we're one yeah. oh wow the, yeah. uh, so what are you putting into episode 101 well I don't know I mean I'm just excited about a lot of the things we've got in the news articles there's some cool stuff we're going to talk about about Gibson today as yep. well which I think is really interesting and sort of a weird twist in, in the future of guitars there's some cool stuff happened at work with some guitars that I'm going to talk about later on some people Mr. releasing Mr. stuff yeah yeah Joe it sounds yeah, like bit. you're going to do too much talking I think you should <laughs> relax, yeah. relax. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get into it, I had quite an interesting week because I, um, for the second year in a row, went and hosted a talk at a place called Confetti College in Nottingham, which is a ICT college. So they do like computers. Sorry, and sorry, stuff. sorry. ICT. Yeah. Like ICT. IT. Yes. Um, <laughs> or information computer technology. Communications oh. technology. Something like that. It's not like um, a barista sort of thing for cold drinks. Yeah, they, that's what they do. They just go learn how to make frappuccinos. Right. Um, no, it's, uh, <coughs> it's a, a technology college, basically. So they do, like, I guess they do like computer graphics and stuff. But they also do like music and music performance and stuff. And they had a thing called... Uh, what was it called industry week where they get people in to do talks from the uh, said industry whether it's they've got some people who you know do radio or they're doing talks with like games media but the talk that I was hosting was guitar hero you were hosting it it was yes oh, yes cool. yeah I just sort of get up say a little bit and then I kind of moderate because you were the, the least uh, famous out of the four people on the panel well I'm not famous at all that's why I'm hosting it if I was oh, famous yeah. then I'd, someone else would be hosting it and I'd be doing the talking hmm. um, so yeah I kind of get up and the, the guitarists that were there were uh, Mikey Demas from Skin Dread who's a very nice chap um, a guy called uh, Aziz Ibrahim uh, who was the guitar player in the Stone Roses for um, for a while uh, when they were doing stuff on stage. Uh, it's such a solid name. He's not a regional member, is he? I d no, I don't think so. Because he was he's quite young. Well, you know, in relative to the Stone Roses. No, I think he's about the same age. He oh, was, really? Yeah, he's probably in his. I wouldn't like to speak for the gentleman, but right, yeah, I think okay. he's sort of in his 50s. But he also uh, had done a lot of sort of session work in the 90s, uh, played with like Simply Red and oh, right. a few other people as well. Really interesting guy. Um, and then Andy James, who... Simply Red? Indeed, Simply Red. <laughs> Mick Hucknall? Indeed. Wine connoisseur himself. Big Mick. Um, big Red. I love and, Big um, Mick. And Andy James, and of Andy, course. Andy James, who's uh, totally cool, who is a metal player who has his own ESP signature yeah. or LTD signature or both possibly. Um, and it was really, really cool. Three very different guitarists. Obviously, um, Mikey is, you know, Skinjet a kind of a metal band, but they do all this other stuff as well. You know, they do like reggae, yeah. and you know, he. So his rig on the day was uh, Axe Eight, the floor mounted Axe Effects, um, and he was showing me like how he uses the whammy and stuff in there oh, that's correct, cool correct, he, look, he used to or normally uses orange he used yes to use the yeah he normally would use orange herbs. for gigs and stuff right. but just for stuff like this you, there wasn't you couldn't take an amp really no of course um, although there were some oranges on the stage but you couldn't plug them in it all had to be straight into the PA so oh, that's cool um, yeah so he was using the Axe 8 and he, obviously he was saying about you know how it's kind of for things like that for little um, kind of like teaching bits and pieces and you know that kind of uh, seminar type stuff made his life really easy because he doesn't have to pay, take his full pedal board and you know he can um he can just patch some stuff in um, i i really like his guitars because he's a, a, a lefty he uh a lot of his guitars are bitzer um, well, tellies yes and, bitzer and yes and no um so on the day he was playing yeah his famous kind of 70s telly 
um, which is the one that's had white paint sprayed all over it and then kind of rubbed off again. But it's uh, it's a Highway One net silver paint, it, exactly. I yeah. believe he because he was saying because the Highway Ones are one of the largest necks that you can get from, or you know, were one yeah. of the largest necks you could get from a production line guitar. And especially a, produ- a left-handed production line guitar. Yeah. So he, I spoke to him a couple of years ago about it, and he was just like, "Yeah, just I get. What if I see one, I get, get one. The highway one next. Take the neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, he was using that, and also a just a Les Paul. I think it was like a oh, really? 50s yeah, tribute I, or something. I saw, I've never seen him with I, I saw a top. picture of him with that. And yeah, I thought yeah. that wasn't very. Mikey Demas yeah well he had that orange strat he was playing for a bit as yeah, well yeah yeah but yeah it was a Les Paul he didn't actually use it he just used the telly in the end um, yeah. and obviously he's you know he's done some stuff with Manson Manson have built him some guitars mm-hmm. um, so I think he's just got prototypes of those at the moment but didn't see those on the day um, so yeah that was cool a real kind of really modern setup but using kind of vintage gear you know he's you know he's not what I would call a traditional guitar player yeah. though he does the big riffs there's all that other stuff going on as well. Yeah. Um, Aziz Ibrahim was, for someone who I guess I would describe as a slightly more traditional player, although he played a load of stuff, he's a session guy, had one of the biggest pedal boards I've ever seen. Like, oh, right. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, I couldn't even name the stuff that was on there. There was a lot of old blood noise endeavours, oh, but yeah. I don't know exactly what he was using. Oh, that's cool. He, the one thing that was interesting that he was using um, was something called the Wet Box. Matt, you probably know what that is. Uh, from Gig Rig. Yeah, it? that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a blendable... Well, it's like an effects loop switcher with a, an expression pedal on, so you can mix wet and dry signals, yeah. or you can mix, like, a distortion into a delay via an expression pedal. That's that w- quite a cool little thing. I'm surprised I don't see more, more people using that. It was a bit similar to... Um, Pigtronics did a pedal called the Keymaster. They did, hmm. yeah. Which was a, what an um, envelope controlled. No, the Keymaster was just a parallel or series effects loop switch that you could blend between the two. Ah, uh, yeah. You're thinking of Zvex did a pedal called the Loopgate, ah, okay. which was an envelope controlled loop switch. Was, wasn't there also something called the Envelope? Was that a Layla product? That was a Toadworks product. Ah, uh, it was, which was an envelope-controlled effects loop. So when you hit the strings harder, it brought yes. in the effects loop, which is really yes. cool. That is very, very interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you could do mad things. Like, imagine if you put a whammy in there with an octave up. You could just be playing normally, and then you hit the strings, so it opens up the envelope, then it brings in the octave up. Wow, that's yeah. And mad. I actually looked into that the other day, and I don't think Toadworks exist anymore I, I haven't seen anything I think, they're, sure they who, I think they've who, been rebranded or who like, were they or who yeah who are they now um I was just trying to find because I remember just looking at the other day and I completely completely forgot Matty do some just like, do some research and I will uh, I'll finish the, ah, the they are called 10 effects there we go I mean, that's definitely going to be harder to come up on a search engine. I'm looking for 10 effects. Which ones? Well, distortion, delay. Um, and the pedals don't look anywhere near the same. I think they've basically completely rebranded it, which I saw something similar today on eBay. There was a Strymon, well, damage control timeline, which was the timeline before Strymon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was just like... My God, they did a good job of rebranding and how, reboxing how, their pedals because <laughs> they had four before. How much would that go for? How much did the damage control go for? I it's still on there at the moment, but it's not very much. I'll have to uh, I'll have to have a look into it and uh, I'll find it on my watched items. Do were it. they were they? Is it the same pedal, or did they change anything? No, I think they. Well, those ones actually had a valve in them. Oh, God, uh, really? So all those damage control pedals had a valve in them. Um, because actually, if you look on the power supply of a Strymon, it does say damage control ink yeah. on the back. Um, but well, that's I probably th- still the parent company. I expect. don't think they probably... I can't imagine they used the same DSP chip inside. But it had MIDI, it had like all the same sort of features, had quite a lot of similar sounding um, like algorithms, but I don't know how overall similar it was. I mean, the back panel looks almost identical. Um, So I'm sure they repurposed some of the original tech into that. But it's currently on eBay at 
90 pounds there we go Oof, could wow. be a, could be a bargain for someone so yeah just to just to finish off so Aziz Ibrahim really cool what I really liked about it was he was talking about um, what guitar he uses and as a session guy you'd think oh we'd use something like really flexible and you know something that would you know, maybe a strap with like a I don't know HSS to get no he was using an airline um, sort of like <laughs> Um, hollow body but not F-holes sort of right. it kind of looked like a oversized Les Paul um, two P90s and he said yeah I'm never going to change them no point they sound really good P90s are P90 innit none, sounds be- none of them sound better than any other ones um, so yeah I'll just use this 400 quid guitar job done and oh. uh, he sounded amazing and he was using um, Kemper um, as was Andy James was using Kemper as well um, he didn't really I think he had a whammy on his board uh-huh. um, and a tuner and that, that was it and then it was straight into the Kemper he is a very different type of player from the other two in very precise yeah, um, yeah very, very tech very clean not clean as in the guitar sound was clean but in terms of his playing yeah, is yeah. very, very dead on yeah, very, yeah. very noise gated yeah he has a, quite a, a large sort of YouTube following as well Andy James yeah and runs his own YouTube. sort of guitar school apparently yeah. that's what his main uh, yeah. main yeah, thing yeah. is at the moment the Andy James Guitar Academy so um, yeah it was cool three very different guitarists great questions from the, from the audience there and um I think the plan is to get the audio from the full talk and put it up in the podcast feed. So oh, cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, it's cool. like it's like nearly two hours long. So was um, how did it compare to last year? Was so, it the so is, was it the same group of people? Was it like same students and stuff? No, dif- different students. Although I recognise a couple of faces, but I think it was like. Um, it was mainly like the first year, so, so right. it was like yeah. mainly a new group of people. Um, yeah, I mean, we took the questions in advance, so it wasn't like we're there weren't any like awkward silences. And in fact, we went over time by quite a lot because yeah. there was a lot to talk about. But so last year was Mikey Demas again, uh, Bernie Torme, uh, who was Aussie's guitar player for a bit, um, and who else? Oh, uh, a guy called John Fair something, um, John Fairhurst, who was like a blues player and he was mainly acoustic. So there was a little bit less to talk about that time round because um, he was like a blues, just a straight blues player, really. Right. Um, whereas this was like super diverse and talked about gear and stuff. So yeah, that was um, that was cool. Yeah, having three people that do so much different stuff must have actually made that quite an interesting. It was discussion. yeah, really good. Three different techniques and three different sets of influences and stuff. So um, but three very similar amp setups. Yeah, well, we were kind of talking about this, and like, I actually got the car up with Mikey um, up to uh, up to Nottingham, and we we're just talking about the everyone is switching over to yeah. to, to digital setups now. Definitely. Like, everyone is going Kemper or Axe Effects. There's, yeah. there's not one of those big touring bands that aren't using a digital um, setup in some way. It's because they're really good this time around. Well, and they're just really easy. <laughs> they're just really easy. Are to- they though? Well, that, or, that's uh, the... yeah. Have we been blinded? Did... No, we haven't been. Well, They're no, because really you got to think. You got to think. People said exactly the same thing twenty years ago when everyone had massive rack units. Then everyone went back to valve amps. Is it just going to come full circle? And in twenty years, we're going to go. Can't believe no, everyone don't had say it, Jay. Don't say it, Jay. Oh, go on then. What were you saying? Oh, don't know. You're not allowed to say it. No catchphrases. The thing is. Um, would your average punter in the audience be able to tell if you were using an orange or a Marshall, you know, full valve stack? or if you were using those models on a Kemper, would they be able to tell the difference? What The difference that no. it will make is you setting up and the amount of roadies that you've got to take with you yeah. and all the faffing around that a valve amp causes. Yeah. Um, I, um, look at you boys coming around. I know. No, no, I'm, I, I mean, I, I'm not. I understand it. I, I do understand it, but I don't see why... I don't see why... I, I still don't see why you would use it in... I, other than the logistics and Joe Branton... You of all people should hang your head in shame. Um, I hate I hate light amps. I yeah. hate light amps. Um, like I don't understand why you would go for something like that over the real thing. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you know. I, no, I'm no, sure there's people right. yelling at me at home. No, no, no. You're being, completely right. I, I, I think both really. I think the Kempers, Axfexes of the world have their their place and oh, they're very totally. very good totally but i also think you know if you i think if you had loads of money and you you're in a touring band for the first time around you probably would buy loads of gear but actually one of the best sounds and almost like a hybrid that i heard this week was i actually um spent a little bit of time with um Rabia and he plugged in his victory v40 straight into the two notes uh studio which is their two notes cab simulator and load box yeah 
So he could crank the amp, but then only drip feed the sound to two monitors. But the advantage of that two notes out rather than our one is you can run two different cab stations in stereo. So you can vote oh, one wow. ahead into two cabs, but one could be a 412 and one could be a 112 with different mic placements. And it sounded absolutely brilliant. Um, and he said live, they just use that now. So they'll take an amp, they'll take their amp, plug into that. The sound guy takes DI feed because it sounds as good as a mic'd cab. Um, and then they just have an in-ear feed. Yeah, I th- so they don't even really need cabs on stage now, and I think that's a great way to get the the best of both. Really, a valve amp that you can crank. Yeah, but you've kind of got the flexibility of loads of different cabs, loads of different power amps, um, and it makes it easier for live use as well. I guess the um, other thing to bear in mind is that you know something like the Axe Effects will do all your effects as well. So if you're in a band, for example, that triggers from Ableton if you just want to be on stage thrashing around playing the guitar and you don't want to board on stage but your music is effects driven you know you wouldn't be able to do that with you know taking a Marshall or you know taking out uh, even the setup that Matt suggested you know you'd still have to have a pedal board somewhere where you know if you've got something like the Axe Effects you can do all your pedal changes via MIDI synced up to the annual amp changes and, and everything as well for sure I, I just I still don't I don't think that we're at a point where that's mass market quite yet no no it's uh, definitely not i think for i i absolutely agree i think for the the setting that you were in at the weekend i think that makes complete sense i really do um and you know even for bands of a certain caliber uh, you know of a certain level you know completely i understand why skin dread and uh you know dorje and like all bands like that who are like headline bands if you can rely on a PA completely completely where is the and you know not that I'm trying to make this about me you know but you know the sort of shows that I'll the sort of gigs that I'll play are likely to be in the back room of dodgy pubs well yeah I agree and And the same for my band I I would never want to tour with something that was dependent on On the setup at a venue absolutely absolutely. yeah yeah for that reason Valve Amps are king that is the difference. If you've got someone doing front of house sound and you've got reliable PA and stuff, then yes, I guess Axe Effects is the way. But even the PA that was at this um, confetti, which was just basically a small house PA, sounded really good with right. the, with the Axe Effects and stuff. Oh, so, wow. okay. Should we um, should we dive head first? Oh, I'm really excited about doing some news. Good, we're all excited about that too. So, first up on the news, and um, this isn't actually in the running order, but we're going to talk about a big thing that happened um, today, which this afternoon, oh, this afternoon, yes. which was I don't actually have the details here, but we'll kind of, and we should be careful what we say because well, we're not. No, it's ne- in an article. None of us are lawyers, though. We don't know the ins and outs of how this all works. Yeah, okay. I'll um, be careful what I say. Yes, That's indeed. What you meant. I'm always looking at Joe Branton. Um, so, Gibson. Gibson, yes. Yeah, so, so JHS, uh, John Hornby Skews have um, bought Gibson. No, no, that would be weird. Um, John Hornby Skews, who produced the vintage range of guitars, um, and Gibson have been at loggerheads uh, over the rights to use the body shape yeah. um, and headstock shape and the headstock, and the headstock shape as yes. well. So. Um, it came out today that the ruling was what settled. Was that right? I, I, it's difficult to say. I mean, we I saw an article. Uh, we saw an article on Mi Pro today that seemed to be quite vague, and it also said that a lot of the details are confidential. But yep. as far as we could tell, um, Gibson, yeah, Gibson had sued uh, John Hornby Skews because of some of their guitars were copyright infringement on some Gibson guitars. But and, specifically, um, body shapes, well, which has never been. It, before so it was been... body. It was body shapes and <laughs> headstocks, is what head, it said. Headstocks, headstocks is, is the one of those one. completely. Now, um, what JHS argued, or what the JHS lawyers argued, was that these body shapes were more or less in the public domain. You know, pe- other people have been using them for the last sixty years or whatever. You know, they don't see why they claim that the original designers had been lost. I think is what they right. Uh, yeah. Okay. What they so, said. so there's it's, all it's there's all this. It's important to know that. that the Les Paul isn't. Well, I was going to say this is what, and like I say, I mean, I have no idea. I've just read this article, and you know, but it looks to me like maybe Gibson have set have settled yeah. because the uh, the art the MI Pro article says that they are retaining the rights to uh, the headstocks and the body shapes of the ES models, the SG, the Explorer, Explorer, and Flying V, I and think. Flying V, I mm. think. Were there, maybe there was one more as well. Maybe it was a. No, I know that. They was say it. they yeah. say in the article. 
cool that there was six copyright infringements, but they only list four body shapes. Right, ESSG okay. flying with well, the ES. Cool. I guess is going to consist which, of which of makes a me few th- body shapes. Well, that's yeah. true, but yeah, which makes me think though that maybe um, you know the, the they found a middle ground in in that like you know it's very difficult to argue against the point that if if what um, JHS are saying is well look why are you suing us for this look how many guitar companies are making Les Pauls yeah, yeah. it's very very difficult to argue against that I think so, and so maybe Gibson have said okay look you know what we've lost the bat we're gonna people are still gonna buy Les Pauls from Gibson because we're Gibson yeah but flying V's and ES models and SG models as well it's like they're still ours we're keeping them Thanks very much. I do think that ES models is the one, though. That's the one that could cause some... Depending on how much control this and, and how much variation there is within well, that. This is my Eastman, question. Ibanez... Yeah, this is my question, is that how close can you be to yeah. that design? We've seen it with Fender headstocks in the past, that, you know, Fender have got control over that headstock shape. Um, that's why companies have to do weird and wonderful headstocks on their Strat copies. Because um, as far as I'm aware... I if, think... If, Matt, you probably confirm this. It fell down that Fender have control over the headstock shape but can't control the body they shape. They can't was, control the body shape. Yeah, and I think what. that was down to because of how popular the body shape was. And I wonder whether the reason that they've managed to copyright the bodies of like ES, SG is because they're less popular in yeah. their exact form where lots of people do Les Paul in its exact form and probably they've done it too much. So you're like you can't copyright that body shape but if you look at a vintage v6 it looks exactly like a strat it's just the headstock is slightly different yeah yeah whereas if you look at a vintage vs6 which is their sg it looks exactly like an epiphone g400 yeah 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 so um so, that- so it's yeah i don't know I, i'd imagine it's i'm sure it's pretty complicated overcomplicated from what we Understand, but they are still listing them on their website. But I don't reckon that will last much longer. So my yeah, my questions are: How close do you have to be to the Gibson body shape for you yeah. to incur this? Secondly, will Gibson enforce it across well, that's what, it, other it? brands, it, uh, or are they just other brands they something against vintage? Well, and basically, what does that mean for people like ESP who do like a metal version of you know a flying V? You know, how close can you? Be? Is it the V shape or yeah. is it the rounded the, corners? Could you get away with the well, pointy is, flying V? One thing's for sure is it's a massive sort of change in the precedent of what guitar companies can do, and I think we're going to see people possibly treading a, a lot more carefully well and as far as i'm un, as far as i uh, kind of understand like copyright law and you know how these things are um in intellectual properties handled gibson effectively have to defend this now yeah. so that if other things come up you know if other brands do it gibson have to uh, challenge it otherwise if they don't challenge it then people can just keep doing it and doing it which right. is we talked a little we talked a couple months ago about um it how was pedal train, pedal train boards pedal train i was reading something on um on music radar or on uh, on the fretboard it was on one of the forums yeah. yeah about how people someone was kicking off about how they had ordered um they'd ordered a cool looking pedal board from some startup company and uh, the company managed to make like a hundred pedal boards or something before they got shut down by by pedal train and people were saying like oh you know what are, what are pedal train doing you know why don't they go after the you know the other companies blah 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 and the thing is, is that they have to go after they have to continue to go after everyone yeah because if they say well we'll let that one slide yeah the courts can then someone can then come back and say like well look you didn't you didn't have a go at these people. Why are you having a go at us? You obviously don't care about your uh, copyrights and that, so we'll have them. Thanks yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah. You have so, to. Um, you have to kind of constantly challenge it. Otherwise, you can't let it slip. I mean, so what? One thing that immediately came to mind when when we were when we were texting about this earlier was how when we went to um, the Birmingham Guitar Show the other week. And, you know, we saw all those Tokai models. Yeah. And those Tokais, you know, even... Well, the, Tokai are the same as well, vintage. Exactly. Completely. I mean, and the top, like, even the headstocks were the same. Yeah. You know, the headstocks were the same shape and everything. It's yeah. like, it, 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 I just thought it was weird. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah, so I'm not sure where this puts us in the future. I think it's going to be an interesting couple of years if Gibson are enforcing this because, you know, even the metal What's brands... What's that other one? Are, Buddy. Buddy? Buddy? Harley Benton? No. No, Buddy. But B 
Bernie. Oh, Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think they're still producing guitars. I think they're oh, really? like 70s and 80s stuff. But, but I mean, in Japan, there's companies that are producing effectively Gibson Les Paul Customs that look exactly the same. You know, does it? Will it affect them? I, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to know more details, but I've got a feeling this is probably all we'll, uh, we'll I ever mean, get. The, the article very uh, ardently states that the uh, a lot of the details are confidential yeah, and yeah. will remain so. So yes. I guess something to um, keep constantly reporting on. If we suddenly see that Ibanez don't do the uh, art core series anymore, or um, you know, uh, I, I mean, can't think of other people I, who are I doing. Would assume, I would assume that, like, if what uh, Gibson are arguing <laughs> is that they are retaining their body shapes you would have to expect that they would be okay well here's the measurements of the body shapes and there's probably going to be a bit of you know a bit of give either way yeah. well, but I, would, I, I can't imagine that they can be too I'd imagine it's more complicated than that it's well, could a customer be confused by that's generally as far as yeah. I understand it right. that's the okay. because stick. art cores don't generally look like but could, could a customer be confused by that? And I think that it's, you know, it has to be a fairly, it's kind of like an average consumer. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're uh, kind of um, an IP lawyer and you're shouting at us now, do get on the Facebook group and kind of tell us what you think the ins and outs of this are because I would love to speak to someone who deals in this kind of territory and t- tell us what the kind of precedent is for this because I actually don't know. Um, Laurie Anstis, who is a uh, one of our executive backers, is an employment lawyer, I think. That's so probably not the same. Not the same, that's but like, I mean, he's, like he's, better, he's better than four geezers who used to work in a guitar shop. Well, probably. <laughs> but it's like when you're, um, you know, like your dad's mate or something is a divorce lawyer, but you need to get your, I don't know, your will sorted or whatever. He could do it, it's yeah, fine. Well, yeah. yeah, absolutely no idea. Anyway, before we get into any legal trouble, let's um, let's move on to the next bit of news uh, this week. Brand new Strymon pedal, Matt Knight. Tell us all about it. Yeah, um... It just seems like more and more now people are waiting till after NAM to release new products. So the Sunset Overdrive follows on from their um, other one recently, which the name has... Riverside. Riverside, that was right. Maybe they're going for some sort of like theme here. I don't know. Um, basically, dual overdrive, but with more more gain, basically. So the Riverside was much more of a kind of cleaner sort of lighter overdrive where this is three sort of more distinct overdrive circuits um, in one same sort of control set same sort of ideas that it's an analog JFET input but you've got digitally controlled um, sort of like tone stack so that will move to give you the ideal setting depending on where you set the controls um, it should be quite nice I've heard a couple of the demos they had quite a lot of demos ready to go on the on the day of release but it was nice because it's one side is a booster one side is your overdrive circuits and you can alter which one goes into which so yeah optimise stacking so A into B B into A or what I thought was quite cool was A and B running in parallel that's pretty cool. Do we um do mm. we know how much kind of um how how popular the um Riverside has been? Because well, I haven't it. seen it, was, it on a lot of boards. It's such an expensive pedal, and that's it's, kind of the problem. Like yeah, like who even like who uses a drive pedal? Like you just use the drive on your amp, don't you? Well, I guess a lot of people use drive pedals and different fuzz pedals. Oh, I think yeah. less less and less now actually, because I think so. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many people are making what they call like pedal platform amps. Like look at Wampler. Obviously, they've made a really simple amp that's designed just for taking pedals. And I think that's the way that people yeah. are going rather than cranking up amplifiers but you know the riverside is 300 quid so it's it definitely and you think the, that's how the, the overdrive market is the probably the most saturated pedal yeah. market there's so much to choose from and you think of like pedals that we were rating oh, in like yeah. uh in like gear of the year was stuff like the uh the soul food which was 50 quid yeah or, and or whatever it was the, and the um x5 golden brownie oh yeah probably still like one of the Fantastic. best guys we've ever heard even it's, even the more expensive stuff like i'm really into that um pedal pal effect JCM 800 oh, emulator yeah. which I'm, I'm using at the moment um, and even that like shipped from Argentina I think it comes from I think it's Argentina it's a South American country um, I think it would cost like 140 quid something like that and that is incredible it does seem like hand built yeah. all yeah. I suppose the thing is you're paying a lot for the tech though you yeah. are but do you how, need how that in a drive pedal how like, much was the Roadrunner well the Roadrunner was 200 okay but um, I suppose with this, this kind of falls under the same as. I'm trying to think what else. It's like the Chase Bliss stuff. So it's like you've basically got an analog pedal and a digital pedal in one. Yeah. So oh, there's no denying this, the tech's amazing. Yeah. So I think that's where where a lot of the price is coming from. But I think as well, I've seen a few pop up on pedal boards. But I think Strymon are starting to take like a small dip in popularity. I'm seeing a few people on forums saying. Oh, I'm not so sure about this, or I'm not so sure about that. I love the um, bus guy. The bus guy is starting the timeline, to. Really. Yeah, that's to weird, man. Yeah, really yeah, weird. Yeah. No, honestly, I've honestly, heard, if, if you just just search the forums, people things. are really, really kind of. I think the timeline seems to be the one. And I wonder whether that's just because it's reached its like saturation saturation point in the market because it's been out for so long. And so many people have it that it's almost having that problem that it's too popular. Mm. Timeline two, that's the uh, the next one. T so two, oh, yeah. you that could did, say that, it was Judgment Day for Strymon. That did Awful. happen with the Eventide Space a bit, though, didn't it? Because sort of everyone got that sound and everyone got used to. You could hear it. You can hear an Eventide Space yeah. on, on a record when it's using. You know, it's that, and it almost becomes you can't make it your own because. Do you know what it's the or, time for? Or, well, well, return we, of the DL4. Well, oh, yeah. Um, so no return. That's always there. There was um, there was an article that I read um, on Reverb uh, a little while ago. I think it was at the start of the year. Um, and it was about um, 2000, like the stat. I mean, this is great. What a great job. Someone was compiling stats on how fast and how much uh, pedals were selling for secondhand on Reverb. Right. And um, like uh, with Strymon, they were still they were the um, third fastest selling brand wow. on re- on Reverb outside so, of pedals. So in total, or uh, it's just, just pedals? I think oh, it's just, no, it's just second hand pedals. Second hand right. pedals. So the average Strymon pedal was on Reverb for sixty one hours. Wow. Okay. Before it got sold. Right. Um, What's the, the time now? Uh, the only two brands that were fast that sold faster were Atomic and Endangered Audio Research, which I don't know about. Probably either, both no. down to them not having very many. Yeah, completely. Um, but or, uh, another stat that they've got up here is actually um, the used to new price ratio. So the um, the uh, Big Sky, the Flint, and the Timeline all in the top ten, selling for ninety percent of their. Wow. new value wow. well, so like you know you say that these companies have sort of you know like Strymon are sort of 
maybe had their day. I, d- I don't know if that is the case, really. I was going to say, keep that page open because this week's Patreon topic is uh, biggest eBay bargain. Yeah, so yeah, maybe some of those stats can fit into that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, another drive pedal from Strymon. Yeah. Who knows whether this one will catch fire? We'll Not see. literally, but whether people will, uh, you know, whether it will spread like wildfire. It is weird. I kind of feel like I, I kind of feel like maybe Strymon <laughs> sort of left it a little too long before doing a drive pedal. Yeah. Because, you know, they yeah. became known for... It's a tougher market, though, isn't it? No, I don't think it is. I think it's an easier market. No, no, but the, people expect Strymon pedals to be like 300, 350 sure. pounds. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's easy to go, here's this delay here's, pedal. Yeah. This has yeah, features that no one else can yeah. do or has done, and it can do and all I, this for you. And, and I think for the money, the, the Chase Bliss one is way better. Yeah, because yeah. you get effectively really? especially if you run a MIDI setup you get 127 different drive pedals yeah right. it's yeah. pretty um, it's you pretty know. mad and it obviously you know it's like half the size it's like a you know a regular MXR kind yeah. of size and it's basically the same price yeah yeah really? the, um, the thing that I always think about drive pedals is anyone can make a drive pedal you know we see so yeah. many startups we've got a wall of pedal behind us pedals behind us where you know most of them are different varieties of drive and for the price of let's say the uh, the Strymon you know you could get probably half of that shelf like yeah. you could get yeah. you know the Bright Onion but also how much is a Pelotor you know like a Cool Fuzz yeah. you could get a but um, things like Positive Grids do they do a, um, a pedal of their of their bias effects yeah. range so if, and it is about £300 but you can buy that and then have any of their existing patches built in and okay it's digital and okay yeah there, there might be that question of analogue versus digital but for the same money as you can get the Strymon, you could buy the positive grid pedal and have any drive pedal you want. Yeah. And when you decide to change your sound, you just change just it. Push a button. Yeah. 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 Matt Knight, talking about pedals, tell us about the Dwarfcraft Devices Super Wizard. Whoa, is this a pedal? I thought it was an amp. No. Oh, sweet. Super Wizard. Um, yeah, so this follows on from their <laughs> other pedal, Wizard of Pitch. Um... They, I, I like Dwarfcraft. They've made some cool stuff, but they also, to me, make some stuff that's like almost beyond, like wacky. Um, it's basically a short kind of like slapback style echo. Slap. I, I don't use the word delay because I don't think it does like the loads and loads of delay trails. Um, pitch shifter, um, and like glitch pedal all in one okay right. now, this this sounds great um what are you talking about yeah this I mean, sounds it, great it, but that's the thing it sort of sounds great but then you you i think it's one of those pedals that's then like totally impractical <laughs> um like you know i think I've, i i think the thing that's let it down slightly for me is i watched their like preview video before they took it to nam and i don't know if they necessarily thought about the setting so much and i was kind of like oh, i just didn't really sell it to me um but I mean it's got a couple of cool things like it's got a switch that basically uh, samples it like a freeze um, so you can then mess around with the controls and it'll kind of like change the sound um, there's a, yeah like a pitch shifter in it and then you've got an insert jack for um, other effects so you can feed like a delay in and you can control the the sounds with like a delay pedal that's running through it but yeah I mean it's it's kind of cool but I don't know how maybe practical it is and it's also I think they're going to be expensive I think it's going to be about 300 $350 sheesh that's a lot of money but it sounds good you know yeah. Dwarfcraft I think it's unique definitely Dwarfcraft always kind of bring the goods when you're after something weird don't they um, yeah. and like you said the what's the other one called the Wizard of no this is the Super Wizard is Wizard it? of Pitch yeah Wizard yeah. of Pitch was their other one I mean I think they make some really good I, I really do think they make some great pedals and I think some of them like seem like awesome i think some of them are just like i just don't know when you would maybe necessarily use it but some of the um fuzz pedals they make are like absolutely incredible yeah some of the Um, best and weirdest in the world joe mm, branton tell us about the prs reclaimed wood models well um do you know what's cool uh about about this feature in the podcast is it's not the only thing that uh prs have released new this week Ah. um they have or they are just about to there's nothing on their website but i'm sure it's fine uh they're uh they're just Mm, about to mm, no 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 it's mm, definitely fine it's mm. it's definitely fine because we're putting yeah maybe don't say that if you're not sure that it's fine and they're not on their site let's not say that okay all right well there's something else happening which is really talk about it next week week. save it for next week week. save it for next week tell us about the um what they have actually announced this week i'm sure it's fine 
but anyway, okay. Um, so, uh, PRS have um, announced their limited edition reclaimed wood guitars. My yes. goodness, jumping on the bandwagon. Save the planet. Well, this is this is becoming a very common theme, isn't it? Because, of course, with Fender, we've had... I think Fender did it best. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> because, okay. Are you, yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you, like, trying to stifle a laugh? No, is that yeah. what it is? No, I yeah. think Fender... <laughs> just like. <laughs> no, I mean, don't get me wrong. Fender... Oh, a really good company, uh, and uh, the uh, the reclaimed wood series uh, that that Fender uh, did, I thought was brilliant because they had like a story with each one, and like you know there was the bridge, there, the was, old, there old was the barn, barn. that was really cool. That there was like there was a bit of a story with each. Well, there is uh, a story with, with these if you watch the uh, release video. Well, I, I, I didn't, I didn't. Mark just yeah. picked me, picked me. <laughs> I thought um, you knew the deets. No, no, no. I, I knew the deets about the other thing. Oh, yeah, well... Which okay. is which is equally as exciting. Man, Knight, fill us in on the deets on this, because Joe Branton clearly knows nothing, and he looks like he's about to keel over. Yeah. Um, so these actually... The, the one thing that's always really annoying about these guitars is that they're all so unique that you might have to go to a couple stores to get one. It's a bit like the Taylor GS Mini Coas. It's just like yeah. the colour and the figuring so different on every one. It's just like you could get one out of the box and be like, oh, it's the perfect one for me, or you could get another one. So if you pre-order one, which you're probably going to have to do because these are going to be limited, you're never going to be quite sure how it's going to turn out. Um, but the buyer for PRS Guitars, and he's been the buyer, like the wood buyer since day one, sourced these from the Amazon, and they were basically old farmhouses. He bought them on Amazon? <laughs> Uh, from Amazon from the Amazon uh, they're like Amazon hardwoods basically so because they're um, was saying, what they were saying in the videos because they're tropical hardwoods they resonate much better than um, a lot of the kind of Native American woods and they generally figure are much better as well um, the I'm wondering if part of it's also down to the fact that they're probably trying to introduce new woods that maybe aren't rosewood as well. Yeah. Get people kind of turned around to the idea that you can have different fretboard woods. Um, oh, that's a hundred percent. That will a hundred percent be part of their yeah. part of their reasoning. I think every company is going to be striving towards that. You know, yeah. the, the builders that we talked to at the base uh, show yeah. on uh, last was, weekend and the guitar show the weekend before that. It, it was, everyone was saying it was, like it was interesting hearing what. Um, uh, what a ACG were saying about how rosewood's just been a name for many years, and yeah. about how the sort of the quality of rosewood that anyone's been sourcing has, has been, been deteriorating rubbish for, yeah, for yeah, a yeah. long time. But it was just you know you try being the first company that, to say that, oh yeah we're not using rosewood yeah well exactly. I mean Gibson did didn't they and there was a huge backlash yeah. people didn't like it too exactly. much mm. so um, Matt what's the uh, what guitars are available in this series. So they're doing the um, the Vela, yeah, and then their CE semi semi hollow. Um, and what I like is some of the tops have got like nail holes in. They've all got kind of really nice sort of. Like everyone's like definitely got a little bit of character. It's a bit like when they Fender did the red redwood tellies. Um, they're only going to make about six hundred. Cool, I reckon. Um, obviously, each one's going to be completely different. Uh, all, all the body woods, I can't. I'm, I wouldn't even. Paroba Rosa, I think, is what they call <laughs> the the body wood, um, which try. basically means basically means pink wood. I think in Portuguese. Okay. Um, which they that is, they reckon that was one that used for all the um, like farmhouse exterior, and then all the fretboards are made from a slightly different type of wood, which make up all the wooden beams inside. Um, there's, uh, if you go to the PRS website, there's pictures of the farmhouse that this, these woods are taken from. And it's just like some old shack, basically. And they've yeah. gone, tell you what, let's make that into some guitars. Um, they look awesome. Really good. For someone who doesn't particularly like the look of PRS normally, the sort of flamey tops and stuff, these look really nice. Really, yeah. really Ni well put together finish, guitars. And they've still got some mahogany on there as well. So, yeah, they should be really nice. Twelve nine nine. Uh, don't know when they're landing but I reckon they'll be quite nice guitars I mean I'm really into the Velo I think it's one of my sort of the standard model is one of my favourite guitars for about a thousand pounds I think I, I th do you I know what I've got a feeling that this is the release that I'm thinking about okay I thought you said SEs do you mean S2s oh. well you've just said the thing now I can't believe he said the thing what what are these yeah but you were just wrong they're, these, these are, are S2s uh. on these in the S2 range though because they're the Velas 
is the CE uh, model and the Vela? No, S2 is a slightly different. Okay, no, fine. Sure. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, wait and we'll see. see if some other mysterious PRS news that we definitely haven't talked about comes up next week. Okay. Good, good. Shall we, um, before we get into trouble, should we dive into some... News. No, the other one. Uh, question. Yeah, very good. Well, very there good. is there is actually a couple of other little bits of news that we should just that I think are worth a mention. I know we don't mention acoustics much, but this is pretty cool. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. what if, what if Gak bought on a mega deal? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 what what like are you punting out on the old uh, mega it's deal this week? Like that. It's uh, nothing like that. What are you, not, what are you really knocking really seventy quid off on yeah. the old mega deal this week? <laughs> I'm really excited to hear about these faith guitars. I that you're have about to, uh, nothing to do with the discounts that we offer. Anyway, Taylor have uh, released their their new Academy series of acoustics, which I think is properly cool. So they're like um, the Academy. Do se- you? Yeah, they are cool. Oh, you okay. not seen no, them? I just so, wonder whether you think they're cool. Yeah, they are really cool. Oh, they're okay. like um, they're. They're sort of premium featured tailors, but made with like, you know, just a sort of a burnt branded rosette and everything and sort of very unfinished. So a, a lot of companies like Faith and Simon and Patrick have done this sort of thing before in order to keep costs cost down. But it's the first time Taylor have and it's they're very, very cool. They even have like little cutouts on the on the back of the on the side of the body where your arm would rest, where you play. Like it's really weird, but they're properly cool. But more importantly than that, GS Mini Bass. What? Yeah, that yes. is cool. I saw one of those at NAM, and they are wicked. Yes. They are awesome. There has been one sitting in my office for about a week. Now, they are £699. Blimey. Pounds, but Definitely worth it. It's a whole is that new... It's a whole street new, price? Yeah, yeah. Right, wow. It's a whole new scale length. It's a whole new, even shorter <laughs> scale length. So it's almost... A travel guitar. No, <laughs> this combines all of the rubbish things that you're into. Yeah, at the moment I know, I know, into exactly. one so, so the strings, you can't even get strings for it. Like you, yeah. D- Dario are doing specific GS Mini bass strings because they're. Um, I mean, the the scale is so short and the tension is so low that you can quite happily sort of bend the G string almost to the position of the of of your E. Wow, you never want to bend the G string to your E. Never do that. Um, so, have you played one then? Yeah, yeah, one? it's one in my office. I've been playing it a lot. Okay. Does it sound any good? I mean, yeah. You know, it sounds... I have to say, kind of for what it is, like, I'm I'm unsure of what acoustics, <clears throat> acoustic bass's purpose is. Yes, me too. Has it got onboard electronics? Um, I bet it won't. I don't think so, no. Wait, no. G- GS Mini. Minis don't. No, so no, this doesn't it, either. No. Yes, GS Mini E's have. Inbuilt yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this, I'm this pretty sure it's got inbuilt. I'm yeah. pretty oh, sure no, it it's got inbuilt. It says in the title, Mini E bass electroacoustic uh, yeah. bass. Yeah. So it does have. I'm pretty sure because I actually oh, I plugged notice. one in at Nam. All <laughs> oh, right. Well, that's cool. That's good. What's I'm, scaling? I'm, I'm glad. I don't know. Super short. Matt saw one briefly at Nam. Jay and I have never seen one. You've got one next to your desk that you admit to repeatedly playing. For about a week. We all figured out quicker than you that it's an electroacoustic. Well, I didn't have anything to plug it into. It's in my office. Yeah, but you held it in your hands. Surely there's a hole there, though, that you put... What have you... Oh, I, I, I was there. just playing it. And um, what's the outline physics? Well, to be fair, it does go into the strap button, so you probably didn't realise. Well, there you go. There you go, exactly. So, yeah, the the thing is, I kind of think, like, if you were looking for something, a, a short acoustic bass sort of thing, if the idea is that it's convenient to sort of put it away and have it for recording and stuff, you know, I'd, I'd probably still get one of those Carlo Uke basses. Oh, I want one of those so bad. Yeah, they're great. They're, they're a Speaking really good Speaking of things alternative. that you can't get strings for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to make your but life as difficult as possible. But those rubber strings, they'll last forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you probably, probably never need to replace them. No. Exactly. You're just I, I do. I do always worry about um, instruments, odd strings that don't have pr- like easily accessible strings. Mm. It's always something that's concerned me. Mm. Like whenever people were coming into the shop trying to buy uh, Steinbergers, yeah. yeah, like I'd always be like, no, just, double ball ends are quite accessible. They are in 2017. They weren't in uh, 2009. Yeah, and I'd always just be like, just please be aware <laughs> that if you break your string you might struggle it's not well. going to be it's not just a case of popping down the road like and I'd be like I highly suggest that you buy like 10 sets of strings off me <laughs> please don't think that this is me trying to upsell you I just 
you know, I want you to not, you know, a complete nightmare. And n- not having a set of strings that's on the market, to Dario having to make something specifically yeah. for them. Well, it does worry of, me a um, bit. Talking of strings real quick, um, I've had a few sets from, and I mentioned it on the Facebook group, Stringjoy. And the amazing thing about those guys is that they offer, like, standard sets, <laughs> but you can also completely customise your own set, save what? it, and then order it on a subscription. Oh my god! Oh, that's cool. Oh my, what where, what website? Stringjoy. Do they do bass ones? Um, they do do bass strings, I think. Oh, but they're yeah. they're definitely worth checking out, especially if you're in America, because you can basically set up how many strings you want and how often you want them, and then it's just like a paid for direct debit subscription service. Oh, that is the best. But idea you can ever. completely customize your why isn't sets. That, why isn't that just how it works? Well, it's a bit more. It's only just. We're only sort of just entering yeah, right, that era right, of right, right. subscription services. Yeah. We <coughs> promised that we do a load yes, of yes, questions. Yes, yes, yes. So. We need to talk about one more thing. Oh, Joe Branson. Just one more thing. We've got Ormsby's in. Yes. We're, we're, this we're, isn't we're, a gag podcast anymore, oh, No, I know, I know. Well, you say we've got them in. Well, I think we should do that next week because we right. were going to do that as a brand of the week. We've run out of time. There's too much good news. Let's dive into... Can I at least say about no, the Ormsby No, just base? say the word questions. Questions. There we go. You're, you... Should be the one who wants to get out of here tonight. Just you're to dying. About, I just wanted to talk about the Ormsby base. We'll talk about it next week. There we go. A little tease for everyone listening. Joe, next week, Joe will talk about the Ormsby base. If that's not going to put butts in seats, I don't know what will. <laughs> um, so, first question comes from Joe, who says, "Not partic- talk about the Ormsby base." No. Okay, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe says, "Not particularly flush at the moment, but might need to purchase a gigable and affordable base rig. Happy to uh, happy with head cab." head slash cab or combo budget about 300 to 350 pounds maximum anyone got any ideas of something that's a weird sentence yeah that is a weird sentence <laughs> 300 to 350 pounds is not a lot to get a gigable rig okay do you remember how this question would come up a lot in the this past this is the no man's land of base amps it is, isn't it it is isn't it but this question used to come up and because it's the no man's land the only thing we could suggest was um, the TC BG250 because yes. it was around 350 quid but I'm loath to ever suggest that because I don't really like it Okay, I don't think it's a very good sort of combo and I think it whilst it does do gigs it does it by the skin of its teeth what about the biggest of the new orange crush base wasn't there a crush 100 yeah, or something yeah it's 100 watts though and I, I still kind of don't think that's has quite it got enough. a DI out um, I'm I'm not sure. Probably, I imagine so. They're, they're very good, but I mean, I, I'd almost be inclined to. Oh, does it have to be a full gigable rig? I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, you could. Why couldn't you go for like a Mark based Nano Mark 300? Yeah, I was actually exactly the head I was going to suggest because, like, super affordable two nine nine. Is there? Really there's good. no. That's just the head though. Yeah, that's that is just the head, but. I reckon you could pick up a cab for 50 quid on eBay. Mm, you yeah. probably could. You could pick up like an old like a PVTNT or something. What were they called? T... Yeah. Uh, no, 115X or something. Yeah. The big PV15. I mean, they're not... that would actually probably be a good way to go because that way you can spend a bit more money on the head. I mean, just looking here, quick quick search, finishes in 19 hours. Marshall Jubilee Base Cab. Nice. £100. Nice. Yeah. nice. 4 yeah, by 10 Marshall Base Cab, £150. There are there are some uh, good options, but yeah. kind of new, there's not a lot that goes for, for for that much money. I mean, I think like the Ashdown Rootmaster stuff is really good. They do combos, but again, you're looking at sort of £400, really, yeah. not, not sort of 350 I reckon, get that little mark head, 299 I reckon you could pick up a PV cab for 50 quid. Plus those 115s and 410s that I've forgotten the name of, TX115 or something like that, um, they offer them in 4 or 8 ohm. So if that head goes down to 4 ohm, you could draw the full power if you've got the 4 ohm cab. Um, And those 4 ohm cabs are probably quite cheap because they're not super useful because at 4 ohm, you'll be hard pushed to find a head that will go to 2 ohm if you're using two of them yeah exactly. so yeah a lot of people buy them and go oh, i bought the wrong thing oh, i'll sell it for 50 quid um so and i know that when they were new i think when i was still working in the shop we were clearing them out at like 99 quid i tell so. you what a good brands that are currently doing a bit like of uh, a clearance on actually not with my shop so this isn't a shout okay. out um just because we sold out of them but um a brand that are doing a bit of a clear out of a range uh is uh, edom with their e-series stuff yeah 
and they do like a load of like like 210 and there's a 115 combo that the they were you know they they had had the arse knocked out of them the okay. the price on those amps oh. was ridiculous by the end so um, yeah, yeah, you could probably pick one of those up for a couple of hundred quid. Matt Knight, you seem to have an idea. <clears throat> yeah, sorry, the delay is so much. I can't tell when people are talking. That video of delay is not good. Um, there's actually a PV 1x15 4 ohm cab on eBay for £60 with one day and 17 hours to go. There so we go. just £10 over the budget, but maybe that's the solution. There we go. I know my stuff. Just talking about um, Eden for a sec there. Yeah. So if they're sort of just shipping everything out yeah well that's just the e-series right okay so they're still doing like the wtx series and uh really their flagship stuff is now their um oh uh no not nano Mm, terra nova oh there we go yeah then their nova series and their terra nova uh, amps they do a couple of heads of those that's that's the the flagship thing they announced those like last year pr- just before the london base day last year and uh sort of they're still going strong do they're think- really good a really strong like mark based competitor and that's that all right okay so what are they not really doing anything entry level anymore then um well i guess they're making room for something else that's entry level code maybe <coughs> code base maybe code base base code Could I wouldn't be, be. I wouldn't be surprised it, listeners if you're not aware Eden are um, owned by Marshall and operate out of the same uh, same warehouses yep. in Milton Keynes as well so let's do um, let's do one last question this one comes from Paulie who says Kemper or Helix I'm looking to upgrade for my Line 6 Live X3 this year that I use mostly for playing live I'm looking for something that can also do all the reamping magic with what would people recommend themselves Matt Knight what would you say Kemper or Helix uh, if you're going reamping and you want really pro amp sounds I think Kemper is definitely the way to go over Helix I think Helix probably excels more in the effects category and the amp modeling is great, but Kemper definitely have a way better uh, interface when it comes to, to amp modeling. Uh, yeah, they Just do. Just in terms of the overall sound. It does, like on the amp head itself, um, but uh, but kind of the options for Helix and the way Helix is laid out on the floor, I think is, is so usable and so user-friendly in comparison to Kemper. But it depends what you're doing with it because if you're just recording like most people now are sitting in front of a desk and plugging into a guitar amp and recording a great guitar sound and then maybe re and then going and then also at the same time recording it di and dry and then sending it back through having it on the desk and being able to tweak it like a real amp i think has more advantages than going through digital menus so i think right. it kind of comes down to what you're doing because helix would probably make more sense if you were maybe playing live because obviously you've yeah. got all the, the controls there. Yeah, and there is actually so. a foot controller for, for Kemper now. But I think just if you're recording or, yeah, doing a lot of reamping, I think the amp modeling itself is better. Right. Uh, maybe not necessarily the interface, because I think that's per- some of it's personal preference, but I think the actual amp modeling is way better. Okay, fair um, after, um, after hearing a couple of them this week, I'm going to say Kemper. Um, really? I've not spent that much time with the Helix, but... Um, I think the Kemper sounded so good uh, yeah. in this um, this session I did in the last week. That's what I would I would say. It just sounds so that organic. They sound they sound very good. Also, I'm coming from a perspective that I spent a lot of this <laughs> afternoon uh, with a Line Six Helix, and I really liked it. I didn't realise how intuitive. Yeah, it's so the, intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had, yeah, a, so I had a real good use. demo with him just before I left the shop, actually, um, and. I, I was really, really impressed. Really, really impressed. I think that they are. I would go. I personally would go Helix. I think that again, as a as sort of everyday gigable gigging musician, I think that that's more useful and more user friendly than a Kemper. I think if you're playing in a, you know, going back, going right back to what we said at the start of the show, if you're playing in like one of those a band that's of a of a certain level and you know that you've got everything nailed down exactly whereas i think if you're someone a bit more like us and maybe you want to tweak something mid show i think that the helix is is yeah. a better is yeah. a better band. it's definitely yeah. better for that um speaking of and uh, i i know i'm getting into a habit of doing this recommending other podcasts but i was listening do to the i was listening to the crimson the crimson guitars podcast Don't this morning oh, yeah. and uh they actually um ben wasn't 
Ben is unwell. So their podcast, they're nowhere near as uh, I'm going to bring it back to us now. They're nowhere near as uh, as, as fast paced as we are because the podcast that they just released today or yesterday um, is their Birmingham Guitar Show Roundup. Wow. Okay. And Ben was not well enough to be in the podcast because he worn himself out. And that was like three weeks ago. All I'm saying so is we're recording this. What's the time now? Quarter to nine on a or five to nine on Monday a Monday evening. night. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you will be getting this podcast at about 12 o'clock tonight. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So, but, That's all I'm saying. But anyway, uh, it was uh, Toby and James, I think. Yeah, it's James. Uh, Toby and, and Toby, I think it's Toby and James, were the, uh, were the guys on the Crimson Guitars podcast today. And they were they spent quite a while talking about, um, talking about uh, Helix versus Kemper. Um, what did they come out with? Uh, I think they were like in terms of usability Helix Helix, Helix. Yeah, but yeah. they've got uh, they've got a Kemper that they use in the in the studio so yeah I, I really think that um, if you've got 1200 to 1400 quid to play with I think that whichever one you'll go for you'll be happy with and yeah. I, I from I, I just I think it's really interesting that it, it really is like if you're a, like a, a home bedroom guitarist who wants to do home recording Kemper yeah. If you're doing smallish to medium sized gigs, Helix, and then if you're in a big band, it's Kemper again. Yeah. I just think it's really funny that they hit that two those two <laughs> It's just how they're laid out, I guess. Completely, that's the, completely. That's the, that's the thing. Anyway, we are up over time. Joe Branton is yeah. you're seem like you're about to cough your lungs I am, up. I am, I am. So with that we will wrap this episode up. Um as we just mentioned, uh if you want to get this podcast nice and early, um you can do by going to patreon.com He's forward good, slash Guitar Nerds. That was, that, was, that was a good segue. I liked oh, it. You've totally balls it up now. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the uh, podcast that we do. Um, at the $1 tier, you get the podcast nice and early and ad free. Um, at $5, you get an extra half an hour every week. Um, plus, you get the bonus stuff that we do uh, Joe Branton's Rant On, um, Jay Cross Cross Talk, which is happening. It um, is. Which is his producer, Jay, chatting to producers about guitar sounds. You're going to record some of that this week right I think so yeah cool cool um, and some interviews that Matt's got lined up with some famous American pedal manufacturers and stuff all happening very very soon uh, we've gone off the ball a little bit with getting this stuff into the Patreon feed but we're recording loads of stuff this week to um, kickstart that all again um, and at the $10 a month you get your name read out on the podcast like these people have what song are we going to do? Dilla Grinch, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Steve Merkel, Blair Dom, Scarlet, Muncha, Andrew, Macro, Mark Cross, Jenny Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Pitt, Paul, Colgan, Jack Godfrey, Wim, Tamea, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quinn, Moon, Gravit, Colin Anderson. <laughs> um, Moog and Colin I hope you're proud of yourself you, uh, you two have just killed broken Joe Branton. Breaking Branton It's uh, the I new show well. just... Breaking Breaking Bow Breaking Bow <laughs> um, Big shout out to whoever's running Bow Banton on Instagram do check it out at Bow Banton um, it's great you can follow us as always at Guitar Nerds on Twitter at Guitar Nerds on Instagram do join the Facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum thanks very much for listening this week and we'll see you next week farewell everyone thanks